What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, Shock Socks, York Welding and Fab, The Professional Journey, Dark Side MX Racing. <laughs> I'm your host, Mark Poole. With me here in studio is the man himself, none other than Jamie Dark Side Guido. What's up, Dark Side? What's up, man? How's it going? It's good. I'm tired, a, uh, tired as it. Interim uh, producer in this on today. Yep, he's, this is his uh, his maiden voyage, if you will. His first time without uh, TJ in the house. He, so he started uh, to sink already, but yeah. TJ saved him. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to patch that boat a little bit before it gets over. James <laughs> Acock, say hi, James. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing. You got the hang of that over there? Nope. As much as we as much as we fuck with TJ, it's it's hard when he's not here, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, he uh, he really does a good job. I hate for him. He's gonna listen to yeah, this and hear that. that. We can edit that out. Yeah, we'll edit that out. But uh, anyways, guys, Southwick MX338. What a race! Well, sort of. It was a race for a couple people. It was good, yeah. I guess. But uh, it was good until uh, 450 class was really good until Tomac passed everybody, and then it got boring after that. There was still some pretty cool stuff. I mean, you know, Dino getting on the podium. You know, that, that was, was cool. Awesome. I'm, yes. I'm really happy for him. Me too. Love that. It's like a long road back, and he's just steady edited yeah. all year. Yeah. And uh, I think he's going to pay off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He, you know, he's he's a fan favorite, and he's he's and think where he came from at the beginning of the season yeah. in Supercross, where he's paying his own way, <laughs> mm-hmm. bought his own bikes. He's very, he's very reminiscent of another gentleman that wore that number 15 before him. I, Ferry had to go through a little bit yeah, of that in his career yeah. and all the way down and then back up. And I, I expect big things from Dino coming up here in the next year. Yeah, really me too. Do. I'm, I'm happy for him, you know. And, Definitely. And, you know, and Baggett, you, if you take the thumb injury, still rode pretty damn good. Yep. Unfortunately, you know, J, uh, Anderson, Jason got hurt, and he's – Baggett's still the best of the rest, period, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think we still have a good – you know, even if Eli does win the championship and maybe Baggett never gets back close, I think race-wise, I think we're going to have some good racing still. No, I think so too. And here's the deal, though, with that. Like anything – as we've seen, this this wacky year of racing we've had, I'm talking about Supercross and here, all it takes is one hiccup from Tomac and he's back in it. Oh, yeah. And he's not that far behind. Well, I don't know what the points gap is now. I know it's bigger. but Yeah, it's pretty good size right now. But but, uh, doesn't mean anything. Marvin Muscan's crash with second moto. That was a little <laughs> yeah. gnarly, man. Yeah, it was. And man, he was upset. That was uh, that was I, pretty entertaining. I, I feel bad for the guy because I like him. I do too. Yeah, I'm definitely a Marvin fan, and I, he he was visibly upset. Yeah. And, and granted, I'm sure he was just like, "What the hell do I have to do?" You know, <laughs> right, at this right, point, right. it because uh, he's really shown that he's he's one of the guys to contend now, and yeah. that's a pretty much over for him. Yeah, especially with that crash. I'm sure it must have. Did he ring his bell or? I don't he, know. It seemed like he was more emotionally upset than mm, physically, but you know, we may not know. I guess they didn't get a good any good video of that. Unfortunately, it was from a distance, but it was pretty wild. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I'd want to see that crash come <laughs> close. You know. Right. But uh, James, did you watch the race? No, I didn't. You didn't watch the race at all. Mm-mm. I was working. You were working. <laughs> you don't do dirt bike races. Uh, not really, man. Yeah, I hear you. He's just right. hardcore, okay. dude. He well, rides. You know, t- he hey. rides two strokes. He doesn't watch the race. He doesn't right. give a shit. Okay. <laughs> hey, get to it. Each its own. To each its own. I mean, TJ doesn't like In-N-Out Burger, so. <laughs> hey, there's uh, something wrong with everybody. He's trying. He doesn't want to say that he thinks it's awesome. <laughs> he really doesn't. But he, you know, it's coming, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, now I he's just complaining about price. But he. Well, because he didn't have anything. He, is, he, is he our weed? He's definitely our weed. Yeah. <laughs> as far as being cheap. Yeah. He's a, he's a cheapo. How about the two fifties? You know, we had um, Osborne's know, the Osborne's man. pretty much taking over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's his his season, but um, still, you know, there's still some good racing going on back there. I mean, uh, Amart, mm-hmm. you know, do, doing well, second place. Uh, who else do we have? Well, Dylan Ferrandez. Ferrandez won a moto. Yeah, yeah, he's good, man. He uh, well, what about uh, uh, did Plessinger crash again? I didn't watch the second two fifty moto. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, oh, man. he had, knocked himself a little silly, I think. Ooh. Southwick will do that to you. That track, will, it almost jumped up bit Tome. It almost jumped up bit everybody. It's it's uh, sneaky rough out there. It's got it's sandy, but it's got a hard base so that it adds an element of, you know, square edge bumps, slickness, things like that. Yep. All the while, you're on a really high-speed track. And I do. It just it looks sketchy as hell to me. Looks yeah, fun, Mr. but it looks Tomac sketchy. Just railing outside. Well, you know, he had a couple. I think there was a moment where he got a little sideways, but 
He's just amazing. That dude. If, if they better be glad they don't have all sand tracks in this series. Exactly. Yeah. He, he was the only one that really seemed like I like it. I, you know, yeah. Dino just kept saying how he didn't like it, and Eli, he, he loved it. Oh man, he did. He did. Well, I, it's still we got how many rounds left? That was round seven, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so, so guys. We're I'm about sorry. halfway. So yeah, we we still got some good racing a week left. Off. Yep. Yep. So I think Baggett's going to come back, though. I really do. I think so too. Uh, he's got some, you know. I think it really just depends on how bad of a start Eli gets on what track. Because yeah. what he did at Southwood, he ain't going to do that at every track. No, I no, don't no, think no, he no, will, anyways. Sure. But yeah, um, and hopefully Anderson to come back and get back in there, and Musk going to keep getting better. Or, you mm-hmm, know, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Hopefully we'll have some more, some different race winners. I'd like uh, to see, you know. Like Christian Craig or Seeley get up there. It'd be awesome. Pike's been running up there a little bit here lately, too. Yeah, and I think yeah. he blew his bike up. Barsha blew his up last lap. That first. I think he ran out of gas. Did he run out of yeah, gas? Okay, yeah, it saying. was. Yeah, he yeah. did. Well, Suzuki, so, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I hate to say it. We've seen it too many times for it not to be pointing the finger at something. Right, you know? right. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, he was looking pretty good out there, too. But, hey, as long as we got good racing, I really don't care what happens. So, again. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. I had a rough weekend, and I couldn't wait to get home to – chill out and watch that you know my, my chick had a surgery and she did okay she got, from that. yeah yeah she's doing good but we got home saturday night from being in the hospital and she was kind of tired and i was like hey i'm just gonna lay here and watch these races there you so go <laughs> i just chilled out and watched the races and it made up for the uh, a rough weekend i was i was happy to have them i can't imagine i just did housework all weekend i did a bunch of that too yeah, because was I was, she's down so had to trim a tree. That was fun. It's hot. This Texas heat is no is something shit. else. Well, guys, we got a good good little uh, good little crop of guests coming up for you tonight. We all got first guest coming to be Mr. Charles Caslew of 100% Goggles. We're gonna pick his brain a little bit and talk about everything that is 100%. What he's done before that, prior, what's coming up, and then following him will be uh, local Texas vet vintage racer, Mr. Derek Wedding. He was a uh, pro back in his day and uh, still goes pretty dang fast on a dirt bike. Yeah, Derek, you know, for those people right here that don't know or for people that aren't from Texas, Derek rode for Mitch Payton back in the 70s with, I think, Tony DiStefano. Yeah. It, was, it was Pro Circuit Husqvarna, or Husqvarna, how you want to say it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as before, there was a Pro Circuit. He actually... Derek sent me a picture of him and Mitch back in the 70s, and Mitch had a shirt on that was said PCP, which was what it was called before mm. it was Pro Circuit, I guess. Ah, wow. Man, so Derek's been around. Yeah, he knows what's up. Yeah, but uh, yeah. he... Uh, the first time I saw Derek was it I, they did when they did the, the vet reunion at Swan last February. Yeah. And uh, big, 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 burly dude on a CR250 <laughs> just hammering, hammering yeah. everybody's ass on that dude. Had a big orange shirt on. Like, whoever that big boy is can ride right yeah, there. Yeah, man. And he's that, losing a lot of weight, but he still hauls the mail. I mean, he was 300 plus when I first met him. And hey, th- that just shows you when you're at that level, dude, you can still yeah. go. Like, cause oh, yeah. I watched him at Johnsonville just at, the, at another vintage race. Yep, yep. Dude, he is. Through those, through those rollers, he was just, yep, you yep. know. But uh, well, so we'll talk to him and see what he's doing and talk about whatever else we got coming up, right? Sounds good, yeah. All right, guys, coming up, our first guest. He is the national sales manager for 100% Goggles, Mr. Charles Castle. Charles, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Not much. Staying busy this evening? Absolutely. Actually, uh, still at the office here on the West Coast. How is uh, beautiful California right now? It's good. It's hot. Uh, different kind of heat than yep. uh, in Texas, that's for sure. But it's been hot the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I was just out there uh, two weeks, two weekends ago. So got to do some cool stuff. Went down to FMF and Yoshimura and W Wheels and got to hang out at the beach a little bit. Hey, Charles, if you want to, I would 100% trade spots with you right now. You can come here, and I'll go to California. <laughs> it is, it's yeah. it's sticky down here, Bob. Well, yeah. San Diego's not so bad. No doubt. That's actually where I was born. But uh, you know all about the really? Texas heat, man. This is where you're uh, from and where you used to race here. And Yeah, I saw know. that 281 area code. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, branded for life with the Houston area code. Yeah, yeah. So tell, tell us how you got involved in the sport of motocross to begin with. I mean, just like uh, most other kids, I grew up racing, and my dad rode some. So he got uh, myself and my, my little brother into riding originally with, he did Enduros, like the Texas State Championship Enduro Circuit and some off-road stuff. But as soon as I went to uh, Houston Supercross, I was hooked on, on motocross and supercross. So I, I quickly 
gave up on the the off road side of things and kept pushing to to go to the local mud cross track. And once we once we got there, it was, he basically sold his bike, and we were we were full into moto. What year was that Houston Supercross? Uh, 94. 94. Awesome. Yeah, that was a good one. Damon Bradshaw was a bad dude. Oh, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My first uh, ever experience watching anything moto was the the 86 Houston Supercross. I'm dating myself a little bit here. <laughs> oh, wow. I did not know I, what I dirt bikes were. Do I? <laughs> I was one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I didn't know what uh, I didn't know what uh, dirt bikes were. I didn't know anything about it. And they said, "Let's go to the motorcycle races." My dad decided to let me tag along. It's good. I said, "Okay." So I went like just being a dumb kid and got in there. It was Ricky Johnson, Jeff Ward, all these guys? And ever since then, I've just been obsessed with it. So it has that effect on yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, that, I think that that mid '80s era was a really, really good era for racing. Actually, yeah, oh, no I think doubt. it helped a lot of people. Well, it's good they finally put Houston back on the schedule. I'm really pumped about that this coming up year. Yeah, I, I have no idea why it went away. and I'm uh, I'm definitely glad that it's, that it's back on the schedule. I look forward to going back and seeing some family and, and going to Houston Supercross because that's what I, I grew up doing as a kid. Yeah, I, I think it went away. With just There were some scheduling issues with the stadium. or It was something like that. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was bad turnout or anything. There was some, there was something to do with the stadium, and I don't remember exactly what it was. It couldn't be the couldn't be the football, and, football playoffs. <laughs> and, and speaking <laughs> speaking of that, I mean, right now the schedule. I think Houston Supercross is round two on the schedule next year. It which, is. Um, which to me, if right, if uh, Houston's in the playoffs, it somehow, could be a problem. Yeah, that would be uh, be an issue. I don't know what we what the uh, contingency plan is or backup plan for that but could get could get interesting well yeah. we can't go to jerry's world because we'll still be playing so. <laughs> yeah. i'm a Cowboys fan so hey oh, awesome oh Jesus. yeah dark side just just gave me the finger yeah oh, man. man okay <laughs> he's a uh, he's a 49ers fan what's up mm. bro I'm a Cal- I'm a Cali boy. There you go. There you go. Well, Charles, tell okay. us uh, how are things at 100 percent going? Now, it looks like the brand is probably what six or seven years into the goggle business, and uh, man, yep. we, I see 100 percent everywhere. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's the the brand is growing like crazy, like nothing I've ever seen, honestly, in, in the the power sports space. It's uh, Mark and Ludo, which are the owners. They you know originally started and and ran one industries for. 10 years and then uh, they sold that in 2007 I believe and you know I think they took a hiatus for a bit and hung out and at some point decided they wanted to get back in business together and uh, you know seeked out the 100% branding and logo and bought that and turned it into a goggle brand and man it's it's taken off like like nothing anybody's ever seen actually it's crazy to see the growth and I mean when I started here a couple years ago there was I don't know, maybe maybe twenty of us here, and I think we're pushing forty now. So wow, it's uh, I mean, to be completely honest. There's people that walk by in the hallway, and I'm like, that person works here. How <laughs> <laughs> did you start? <laughs> and yeah. it's it's uh, it's interesting, but it's a good time to work here. It's growing pains, uh, which are much better than uh, you know pains of uh, struggling to hit goals and things like that. It's every day's uh, new, you know, new wins and new, you know goals accomplished here because the company is growing so so rapidly yeah there's there's no doubt that um i see an ex- a massive amount of 100 percent goggles on the starting line around here which you know off the air i talked to you a little bit and uh, people that listen to the show know that you know I, i'm sponsored by x brand and I, i'm a vendor for mm-hmm. x brand and honestly one of the reasons i called rich i've been wearing his goggles for about six years and uh one of the reasons i called him and asked him about being a vendor is because it seems like 90% of the guys on the line have 100%. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I told Rich, I said, I need to get some more expert out here. What can we do? So, but, I mean, you guys are doing things right. There's no doubt. I mean, you guys have. The branding is amazing. Well, and it's there's amazing. a ton, ton of wins coming in the pro ranks from all the major guys. You know, I mean, obviously, the probably the biggest competition would be Oakley. But I, mm-hmm. I think there's probably more podium guys wearing 100%. Yeah, we're, we're definitely the number one selling goggle and, and off-road motorcycle riding so um i think we surpassed oakley a year or two ago and okay. uh, that's amazing like i said man it's it's unreal. i mean obviously they're a huge 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 company right um and, and the eyewear sunglass side of things but in terms of actual off-road motorcycle which is our world that's where we live 
uh, you know, we're, we're surpassed them. So it's great. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, pro, you know, uh, eyewear, different products like that, you guys don't just do goggles. You do, uh, no, I've seen, uh, no. optics. I've seen mountain bike gear, different things like that. Gloves, motocross gloves. Yep. Yep. We do, um, gloves for moto and, and eyewear is a big initiative of ours. Um, obviously there's so much mainstream opportunity in the sunglass world that that's kind of a big, big prize here and the, and the big initiative. Um, but yeah, we do mountain bike gear and like full face helmets for mountain bikes. And I get asked almost weekly i would say about you know when we're going to make a, a moto helmet or moto gear and she answers always we're not because you know for whatever reason in the, the moto world um wearing two different brands such as like you know 100 percent goggles with uh four gears acceptable today but if we were to make pant jersey gloves yeah you would no longer have that consumer that wears answer gear that could wear our goggles because now it's like you know cross-dressing essentially <laughs> right, right. so <laughs> So, but for whatever reason, on the, the bicycle side of things, that's not as big of an issue. So we're able to branch out into more categories there, and and moto stay core to our our, our main business, which is goggles, and uh, and then still grow obviously in the eyewear side of things. And gloves are doing well, also. That's kind of gloves were kind of our test on how far can we push this, right? Branching out into new categories without jeopardizing the the bread and butter of the business, which is goggles, and we've had a pretty good reception with it, but. That's about as far as we're going to push the envelope, I think, in, in the power sports I world. Think, I think gloves are fine. I always tend to pick uh, pick an aftermarket glove company anyways, and I wear, like to wear fly gear, but I don't yeah. I normally don't wear fly gloves. It's something like Novik or something like that, you know. Yeah, and, and most, most gloves um, purchasing, you know, the person walking in the, the motorcycle shop, they, they don't get in their car and drive, you know, 15 minutes to the local shop to buy one pair of gloves. Like, they don't come in going, I need this particular exact glove color style you know they, they happen to be there buying their oil and yeah. a chain and go oh shoot i need some gloves too and if uh, we're that neutral brand that you know fits well and functions well which is our kind of our strategy with it yeah. so someone's going to try them on on the shelf and and they'll buy them now how instrumental do you think uh it has been to have a guy like bevo on board with the company huge huge <laughs> bevo is uh i think he was I think he's the first guy they hired here. I'm not not for sure. Definitely one of the, the first three or four, if not. And uh, man, he's been in the goggle business for like forty years, maybe something like that. I, mean, yeah, it, I talk. Yeah. I work. I work really close to the diesel. Actually, I talk to him almost daily. I would say he's obviously not in the office here in California. He's a Pennsylvania guy that uh, spends as little time in California as possible. But <laughs> um, he uh, and he's a wealth of knowledge. He's, Anything you're thinking of, he's been there, done it, seen it, um, in some way, shape, or form. That's for, for sure. Oh, I can imagine. I listened to his interview. Kenny Watson did a uh, podcast with him, which is it was a really good one. Yep. But he went through the entire history of what got him started, right? You know, in 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 the whole business to begin with, and he's been around, man. I, I can't imagine there'd be a better guy uh, to, to no. as far as to help like organize things, be an ambassador, so on and so forth. Yeah. And then, then even to take it further, his stepson is our uh, you know athlete manager on the pro side of things, John Cuzo. He goes to all the supercrosses and outdoors, and so he's. I mean, he's been ingrained in the the goggle industry, and you know he that can would, walk probably. So that would be the guy I met at Lakewood then that I, I went up and introduced myself to by giving him some X brand stickers and. He he just handed it back and didn't think that was very funny. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think I wouldn't think he'd be a fan of that, huh? Yeah, uh, Kuzo and Devo are uh, definitely passionate. That's something yeah. they're not short on. It's passion for the brand and and what they do in, in the goggle industry. That's for sure. Well, that's good. But so, hey, Charles, how did you? How was the transition from racing Texas, uh, you know, amateur racing and pro racing to moving to California? And getting involved in industry like Pro Taper, you know, you work at Pro Taper, you work for Tag. Mm-hmm. How did that yep. transition happen? Well, uh, well, to be honest, I think you know I would come stay in California a little bit, like for West Coast Supercross and things like that. And I always, you know, made a point to go to my sponsors and and meet with them and, and show my face. And I would send race updates every Monday morning after a Supercross or a National with pictures and you know little backstory of what happened and why it happened and the results and all that good stuff. And, um, having said all that, it was because I knew all along, you know, 
racing supercross wasn't going to be a career for me it was a job and something that i really loved to do and i i wanted to, to chase that dream but ultimately i knew i wasn't going to you know, retire from racing dirt bikes so right. i knew i was going to take advantage of the opportunity to you know chase that dream but the whole time i needed to be thinking long term in, in terms of what i'm gonna well how am i going to open the door for after racing because i love the industry i love the sport and i uh you know i, I knew my long-term play was figured out how can i stay in this industry my whole whole life so when um you know i, I got to do a couple of years of supercross and three years of outdoor nationals and i before i even started i, I set some real specific time frames and goals for myself that were you know if, if i don't get hurt or nothing major negative happens if i'm not doing x by this certain time you know and i put all my effort in and, and i don't have any regrets then um you know, it's time to move on. So yeah. I got to that point, got to that point in 2008, and I knew, you know, I, I was a, a bubble main event guy indoors and out for the most part. And, you know, outdoors I made a lot of motos, but like 25th was my best moto. And um, so that just wasn't where I wanted to be. I could have, you know, you've seen all the guys in Texas. I could have stuck around and, and raced O'Reilly Arena Crosses and things like that and made a good, good living, train kids and things like that. But, my, my aspirations were always bigger than that. So I, I, I again, I chased the, the ultimate dream and, and set goals that had specific time frames. And once I got to that point and knew I kind of where I fit in the picture, I was a mid 20s guy and, you know, maybe in the thirties and that's, uh, that's where I fit. So it was time. So I, to get to the, how it, how it happened, I, yeah. I just went into MSR and pro taper. I was sponsored by then the last couple of years of my career and, um, they're one of the places that I would stop by every chance I got and say hi and come friends with them. And, um, so when it was time to uh, call it quits, you know, I went in, scheduled a meeting with uh, the director at the time of the company and walked in with a resume and had my shit together for lack of better words and said, Hey, here's what I want to do. Here's my resume, here's my skills and what I think I can do. And he just you know, looked at that and he's like, I don't have a job for you right now, but I'm going to make one. And, nice. you know, maybe, Maybe, I don't know, it couldn't have been more than a month. Maybe three weeks later, I saw him, and he said, hey, if you're as serious as I think you are, be at the office Monday morning at 9 a.m. So I was waiting there Monday morning at 9 a.m. and been working a, a real job ever since. That's awesome. And the fact that you had that self-awareness, you know, that, hey, you know, this is this racing is not going to be a career for me. You didn't you didn't stay at the party too long. You, you decided to, yep. you know, to look at your future, and that, that's pretty impressive that you did that. Um, but, yeah, and it, it, it's honestly hard to do when you're in that moment, to yeah. be honest, you know, and it probably, looking back now, probably affected my results a bit because I maybe was thinking too much about it and kind of, uh, uh, you know, looking at the future more than I might should have been, you know, given the time, but ultimately it, it turned out for the better, that's for sure. Well, you know, going back a little bit, where you where you went with your racing career, which is still pretty impressive to make, you know, yeah, to make nationals and make supercrosses at all is extremely impressive. Do you think any of that is because of Shan Garcia's coaching? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, awesome. it's uh, he has an, an unorthodox way of coaching, I would say. But uh, Shan Shan's a good guy, and he oh, yeah. he supported me with chalk socks, and yep. uh, I think he even he paid my entry at a couple of nationals before, and um, and he's he's a good dude. He, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the professional supercross coachings and his uh, future per se, but uh, he can coach at something. How was his uh, How was his nutrition plan? <laughs> his, his nutrition, uh, I think it's a liquid diet for the most part. Oh, yes, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and it comes in a comes in a briefcase. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, Robert Milliken and all those guys, man. They they uh they know how to have a good time. Yeah, they him and Aaron Smith stayed yep. up, stayed with me in California one time for West Coast, and I was amazed that Aaron is a super talented guy on a motorcycle, and I was amazed at the uh, I won't say the lack of effort because Aaron worked hard, but just the lack of organization and planning and that went into Aaron's program with uh, Shan kind of running the running the show. <laughs> I could see and, that. I could see that. And yeah. the the results that Aaron would put in, like I'm up, you know, every morning eating my oatmeal and 
my egg whites and I'm also on a run and I'm recording my resting heart rate every morning and yeah. how I feel and I got my practice bikes ready and my race bikes ready to go on Wednesday and Aaron I think was riding the same bike every day and him and Shan were eating whatever fast food they're eating on the way to the track and I'm like damn this guy is really good <laughs> yeah you can uh you can tell jamie uh got got some of his questions from shan he had the uh, <laughs> yeah. oatmeal and egg white thing written down in his notes yeah shan, shan, <laughs> asked, shan asked what the precise measurements of egg whites and oatmeal is for your hardcore training <laughs> oh wow that's awesome yeah, yeah. They, they live they they knew the program they lived with us for for a bit yeah yeah I, I crashed on shan's couch before i went out to california so i didn't have to drive up from where we live two hours away to the airport and Shan's good where, people. Where man. are y'all at? Uh, near Tyler. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're we're you like we're about like five minutes from where Swan is right yeah. now. Oh, okay, that's it's refreshing to hear y'all on the other end. There you go. Yeah. I don't get that much out here. <laughs> right, right. Not do it. Now, Charles, do you still ride much? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, you know, I have a twenty-one-month-old son that you know takes up some of my time now. Obviously, so not riding as much as I did at one time. But I know actually, that feeling. Uh, 2015, so two years ago, I went back to Loretta Lynn's in the plus 30 clock. So that was, that was cool to kind of take it serious again for, for a summer and then kind of apply myself and have some goals with riding. And it was good. How did you do at Loretta's? Uh, I got third, third awesome. in the plus 30 class. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. It was cool. I, as good as that sounds, I mean, my goal going in was, all three motos in the top five and finished one moto on the podium. And, you know, that should put me top three overall, I hope. And I went five, five, two for third, which was checked every box I went to yeah. check. But ultimately I wasn't very happy because I, I kind of, I crashed the first moto and I hurt my knee and I was a real struggle on the second moto. And Paul Carabinos from Pro Taper, which is oh. one of my best friends, he actually won. Yeah, Paul's, um, Paul's a Loretta's which, guru. Yeah, he, he won that year and, and it was great for him, but we we rode together a fair amount that summer and split moto win to the regional and split moto win to Glen Helen Amateur Day. So part of me was like, damn it, I did exactly what I wanted, but God, he won. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Kiefer's going after Paul this year. That that's one of Kiefer's yeah. goals to beat Paul. Yeah, and they'll they'll face off in the plus twenty five class, which you know, they'll be they'll probably be, you know, five to ten place guys probably in that class. It's tough and then Paul's doing the plus 30 again, which he'll definitely have a good chance to win there. And Kiefer's doing uh, plus 40. So I would assume Kiefer has a, has a shot at the title in the 40 class as well. Yeah, I hope so. He's he's uh, one of my favorite people in the industry. So That'll be some good racing out there. I wish I could go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm be, I'll be traveling for work somewhere else that week, so I can't go either. But I would have loved to watch. I'll be, I'll be glued to my phone, I'm sure, watching my time. <laughs> right. Any plans on trying to do Loretta's again at some point? I would like to. I, I really would. I I tried to kind of do it last year, but I had some bike. Blew up my bike like the first day once I committed. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start training this weekend. First day I went out, and I put a rod through the case on my my 450, and I'm like, well, never mind. This right, is, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this is, isn't working out. So. This is work. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'd like to, but I don't have it in the immediate future. Right. Well, as far as the future goes, where where are the goals, or what are the goals for 100%? I mean, is is there a uh, target for the next five years? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, the the simple simple term would be to just to be a major player in the the iWork category as well. So, <clears throat> you know, obviously that opportunity is really big, and you you can see in every you know whatever sunglass hut, all these mainstream places that are selling such crazy volume of sunglasses you know we'd like to get a piece of that that pie and obviously that will just help us invest even more into the the power sports business which is the, the core of our core of our company so well if you can if you if you ha if you guys approach uh that goal the way you have the goggle business i i would assume we'll start seeing uh seeing your stuff <laughs> in, in every sunglass hut and, and every other eyewear outlet right. yeah around yeah we're that's one thing i can say is the, the owners of the company here aren't uh they don't uh, pussyfoot around. They, when they want to do something, they do it right. So we, we've hired a whole team of people from uh, some significant eyewear brands that you know are here to fix it and shape it how, how it needs to be for to be successful in eyewear. 
Awesome. Well, tell you what, Charles, I know you're a busy guy. We won't keep you any longer, but thank you so much for coming on and letting us uh, bother you for a little bit. And uh, we had a really good time, man. Love to have you on again sometime. All good. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll see you later, Charles. Thanks, Charles. All right, man. All right, bye. Charles Caslew, 100% Goggles. And with that, we will take a commercial break. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to ShockSocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welding and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back. Again, big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX, Girl Designs, Shock Socks, York Welding, and Fab. The professional journey coming up next. To, uh, our, our, our next guest is a, a local Texas fast guy, longtime dirt bike racer, vintage racer, and uh, Mr. Derek Wedding. Derek, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, enjoying the show. Well, good deal. It, well, it is a show, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely that. <laughs> Yes, sir. So, uh, Derek, you been doing any riding or racing lately? Well, I've been uh, concentrating for the last few uh, months on the uh, TVRC events and uh, riding uh, the two-strokes and been having more fun on the on these old two-strokes than I've had in the last five or six years of riding. I heard and, uh, that. TVRC is an excellent organization, and, uh, and uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Mark and I have come out to a couple of those to watch you and, uh, you know, Charlene and Mike Hance and all the, the crazy old people that uh, show up at those races. And it's definitely a good time. There, there seems to be no stress when you're on the starting line. Yep. No, sir. It's uh, lining up against a bunch of guys that uh, have been around a long time. And, and uh, uh, like in my class, uh, you know Michael Martin and stuff. He's a master tech, uh, uh, tactician and uh, national road race champion, and and uh, he, uh, you know, he's just fun to ride with. And uh, I, I I get elbow to elbow with him, and in any corner, and uh, and trust every every move that he makes. 
Well, that's always nice to do. I've I run into that a little bit here, racing local stuff, and just going go to the, you know, just regular, not a vintage scene, but you just, I, I feel like the the vintage scene is where it's at doing those races. It's more fun. Like I said, it's laid back. It, it's, it's, it's like you're at an old a race back in the day. And that's what I love about it. Just, just the atmosphere yes, in general. And it's all, still, it's all two strokes yeah, too. I, yeah. I'm still, uh, I'm still like enjoying, you know, I enjoy riding my four stroke and stuff too here and there, but I've just been having a lot of fun on this two strokes, even at some modern day races. I've, uh, I've chose to, to ride that 04 250 Honda I've got, and uh, and uh, it's just a, uh, it's just a fun bike to ride. Yeah, how many bikes do you have right now, Derek? Like 50. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's hard to count. Actually, uh, that's what I was. I do, uh, I do little uh, uh, videos and stuff on uh, Facebook here and there. That's my next one. I'm gonna be uh, doing is trying to identify all the other people and let them let them know that they're not the only ones out there that uh, are dirt bike addicts. Uh, <laughs> I've got a <laughs> I've got a twenty four by thirty six foot shop that's uh that I probably got seven or eight in and uh and uh, then I've got a, a, a ten by twenty foot tent that I've probably got uh ten or fifteen motorcycles in and and um and all dirt bikes and uh i got one lone harley sitting there that just it, it winds every time i walk in because i never ride it <laughs> you should try that in on 2018 honda crf 450. yeah <laughs> well anything's possible anything's possible <laughs> right yeah yeah so derek you've been around the the texas motocross scene and and the national motocross scene a little bit i mean since probably before i was born because you're pretty damn old <laughs> um, oh my! He went there, Derek. You know, I was telling these guys <laughs> yeah. that you rode for Mitch Payton before anybody really knew who Mitch Payton was. And why don't you tell us about how you got started? You and your brother Brant, you know, been just tell us how you got started in it and how it was coming up in the seventies. Well, we uh, uh, when I was five years old, my dad bought me a Honda Mini Trail Fifty, and uh, and he had an old the uh, old girl style frame uh, Trail Honda Trail Nineties and. And I uh, stood in between the seat, which was also a gas tank and the handlebars, and I rode it at the plate bits, and that's how I kind of got started. And uh, then uh, in 73, uh, they uh, came out with the new XR75, and and my dad got me that for my birthday. And uh, so uh, back then, I was living in Marshall and growing up there, and we had two racetracks here at Marshall. We had Westmoreland's, and we had Haynes Turkey Ranch, where they had the Governor's Cup race. And huh. So I started... Uh, started going out there and uh um uh, uh guy lived down the road from me his dad had a drugstore there in marshall federal kitty and, and uh, he got me started and uh or got me and my dad started and we started racing and uh xr 75s and then i uh, moved on up to the yz 80s and and uh started getting a lot of good help and stuff from uh you know people like gene suzuki and uh um uh, then got picked up with howard racing uh amzol it was the original amzol team and uh, more or less that through uh, through Howard Racing and uh, out of station and and uh, so kind of moved along through there and did the Texas Series stuff. We uh, we didn't just sit around running local races. We ran every weekend. We were going somewhere and uh, we would find search out the fastest people around and uh, whether it was Mississippi, New Mexico, Arkansas, Texas, wherever and. And if they heard someone was fast, that's where we went, you know. Right. And uh, it was because uh, you can't get any faster unless you ride against fast people. And uh, so we, uh, that's what we started doing. My dad, you know, was a, a very good mechanic and uh, was super good at building motor, uh, motors and stuff, engines. And uh, and so we had a lot of reliable equipment. And uh, so Texas Series came along and. Uh, I was riding the intermediate class, and you know, I moved up to the 125, 250s, and 500s, and or 400 at the time, and uh, open class, and and uh, 14 years old, and and uh, uh, won basically every single moto of all the races except for one. Uh, I, I had a DNF at Motor Rally, and uh, um, on my 400 Suzuki, sheared a rear uh, rear uh, axle. You know, I never had a rear axle shear in my life, but. Uh, had one shear on the 400 Suzuki, and so I had one DNF, and and all the rest of them were first place motos, and uh, and that was with Howard Racing, and we had awesome uh, 
backing, you know, from everybody. That yeah. was the only thing that really, that's what really was able to get me to where I was able to go was all the people that helped me, you know, super seer and race ready and, uh, you know, Honda had a little sport in it and, um, and then moved up with, the um, into the pro, you know, the expert classes and stuff. And, uh, with, uh, uh, Bobby Pickard and Mike Jones and, and, uh, all those guys, man, and uh, had a real, a real eye awakening, you know. And uh, Steve Wise, he, yeah. he was kind of a, you know, a guy that I really looked up to, and I, I really kind of liked watching and learning from. And uh, and uh, you know, it was uh, just kind of one of those things when I was growing up watching them, you know. And I, I, I kind of emulated a lot of them. Grew up racing with David Bailey and and uh, Jeff Ward, Myers Coffin, Mike, the original Mike Brown, and right and. Uh, all those guys during that era, you know, and uh, it was a, uh, it was just a, a wide open type of deal every single weekend. If I wasn't in a cast or uh, <laughs> or a, uh, a sling somewhere, I, we were at a race, you know. And, and a lot of times I, I got through the track in a sling and uh, and or a cast, and and then cut it off right before the, right before practice. So you know, it was a, uh, it was just one of those things. It was a way of life. And, yeah, hardcore. And uh. You know, we had a had a blast doing it, and then then moved up to after uh, uh, turn sixteen uh, with Howard Racing, ran a few nationals, and and uh, with uh, on a CR two fifty Honda with Anvil and uh, Howard Racing, and then uh, got picked up with a Husky, and um, uh, I post a few pictures on Facebook here and there of uh, you know Mitch, you know working on uh, that first two fifty national bike that you know he built for me, and. Uh, yep. At that time, it was kind of funny, you know, because he had a, a company that he had started up. He had Anaheim Husqvarna, and he was really doing real well, you know. And uh, with that, and he had this company called Pro Circuit Products, PCT. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I had some shirts and stuff that were all yellow with red lettering and stuff said PCT on them. And, and uh, then about the time, at all this, at the same time this was all going on, the drug PCP came out, so it was kind of like everybody's kind of looking at the shirts, going, "Wow, really?" You know, right, so right. you know I, that's the only thing I can figure is why it ended up to be being shortened to Pro Circuit, which you know I liked it better that way anyway. Well, you know, but, uh, I, I I have that picture because you sent it to me, and I showed that to Mitch at Lakewood this year, and man, his his face just lit up. He smiled from ear to ear. And, <laughs> said, man, what is he doing now? And, you know, I told him, you know, he's still racing, and he couldn't believe it. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, he uh, he built some fast Huskies, and uh, and uh, he basically built all of our first Huskies and stuff, you know, uh, with Husky. And, I mean, like uh, Marty Trops and uh, Billy Grossi and uh, Tommy Croft and, and other guys, uh, uh, you know, David Garrick and, Couple other guys were on our team, and uh, Clark Jones with uh, No Leans. He was he was on the same team. And, yeah. And um, wasn't Tony? Uh, it was just Tony D. Wasn't he on there? Or one of your teams? Yeah, Tony D. Was on there a little yep. bit later, and uh, and uh, so it was. There was a bunch of people, a uh, bunch of bunch of you know big riders that you know I actually got to spend a little time with and and look you know and watch and stuff and learn from and and uh, just a just an exciting time back in the seventies and early eighties, man. They uh. It was back when you know you if you, your competition showed up and their bike blew up, you had an extra one, you loaned it to them. Yeah, and um, they, um, they, you know, they you helped out your your your, your partners, you know, there, and, and uh, it was just kind of a it was a family oriented deal. My my mother, my dad, my sister, my brother, everybody was involved, and uh, like I said, it was just a bunch of group of great people that helped me get to where I got. You know, and I, I still you know still just cherish every every bit of it yeah and it's cool because you and your, your brother you and your brother still get to go to races together still heavily involved yeah and, yeah we uh, we did a lot of arma stuff together and yep and uh, uh he's uh he's really into the arma stuff and uh i'm uh i'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards some of the more of the vintage stuff but i'm i'm wanting to uh uh, plan. Our plan is 2018, and uh, uh, work allowing. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go out to San Bernardino, and because uh, can't make it this year, start a new job, so I don't have any vacation saved up. Right. But 2018, we're gonna go to San Bernardino in November for uh, the Vet Worlds is the plan, and uh, and make a trip out there. And yeah. 
we're, no. we're trying to make that trip this year, me and Michael Gage and uh, maybe, maybe Muscle Mark sitting over here. And Yeah, we're going to try to do yep. that. Even if I just go to watch, I, I want to go out and hang out. Well, that's a that's a that's a good group of guys you're talking about there. Because uh, Michael Dean Gage, he's a uh, I recognize him on the back fender of all my bikes, and uh, he uh, he's one of my mental coaches and a super smooth rider, man, and uh, oh, awesome yeah. guy. And uh, just uh, half time, we don't talk about motorcycles; we just talk about other stuff. But it helps me with my mental stability yep. and and, uh, and uh, keeping my head straight and uh, you know looking forward the way I need to. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting – I've got a 96 CR250. It's my only bike I have now, and I want to go out and do some of this vintage stuff and maybe get out there to, to California for that uh, – to, for the vet racing, you know, the, the Worlds or yes, whatever sir. it is. But, yes, sir. So what races do you have coming up? I know you're you're working a lot right now, but do you have anything scheduled in the next month? Well, uh, I talked to Larry Hughes today, and uh, I'm, I'm – Thinking seriously about not this coming weekend, but the following weekend, going to Rio Bravo for the uh, uh, main event series race, and uh, then I'm going to try and hit a couple of the uh, uh, full moon series races, and uh, and then as soon as uh, uh, the the fall series for the TBRC starts up, we'll be uh, we'll be hitting all four, or all five of those races also this you know this fall, and and concentrating on that, we'll. Uh, this last season, you know, my first full season with them, uh, me and uh, Michael Martin, we rode the uh, uh, the GP5A uh, 50 plus class, and and uh, basically just kind of you know battled with each other, you know, at every race, and uh, so you know, with uh, I know you had uh, Taylor Carruthers on the other day, and, yep. and uh, that guy's a that guy's a maniac. He's just so <laughs> fast, and uh, yeah. He rides the GP5A class, and uh, along with Dennis Staff and, and uh, Michael Keaton and, and all those guys. And so, basically, me and uh, Michael Martin have come to the decision that we're gonna we're gonna move over to the GP5A class with Taylor Carruthers and uh, and Daft and and all those guys, and we're gonna uh, concentrate right on riding that class with those guys because, like I said, can't get any faster unless you ride with faster guys. So, Absolutely, I love. So this. we're gonna. We're going to step up to that class. Well, I love to see that after all these years of racing and riding, you're still that into it. You're still that focused, that driven to, to, to always do better. The passion still has not died. That's awesome, man. That's really awesome. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's, it's once it's in your blood, it's kind of <laughs> it's hard to get it out. Absolutely. You know, well, and I, I appreciate that, like many of our friends in this this Texas motocross scene, that you're just you're, you've always been a very great guy and very nice guy and uh, one of the, one of the most friendly guys at the track, so you know I appreciate that from you and your brother, even though he did steal a championship from you a few years ago. <laughs> Man, yes. that Blizzard series, he beat me by one stinking ass point. <laughs> one point. Yep. yep, I remember. Yep. yep, I I stalled it at that damn mud race and the freaking could not get the bike started, and that's what I'm blaming it on. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not like nowadays. I mean, I couldn't have a, couldn't be, you know, doing what I'm doing either without the help from like Shock Socks, you know, Shan Garcia and absolutely uh, Amsoil. You know, I, I still uh, promote Amsoil and push Amsoil, and because uh, it's great, you know, great uh, oil to use. And uh, then, uh, uh, you know, MX Girl, she makes all the graphics and stuff for me, and uh, you know, my backgrounds and stuff. And uh, same, you know. They're uh, they're great people and they help me out and uh, you know without them I, I couldn't couldn't be doing still what I'm doing now either. Yeah, no so. doubt that you know Shock Socks and MX Girl are sponsors of me personally and of our show. So absolutely, you know, and we uh, we we love Charlene and Shannon Garcia for sure. Yep, definitely. Well, Derek, I tell yep. you. I know you're a busy guy. We won't keep you much longer on here, but we really enjoyed uh, bench racing with you, talking, hearing hearing about your career, hearing that it's still going and, and looking forward to, to seeing you up and down the road. I, I, I enjoyed it and I uh, look forward to seeing you out there at the track and uh, just everybody, everybody that's out there, you come out and check out at least one or two of these uh, TBRC races, man. It's a, it's a good group of people. It's more about the camaraderie and more about the, uh, the getting together and the bench racing, just like, you know, just like your uh, podcast, man. And, uh, um, you know, and I don't think there's not competition out there. It's got some serious competition. <laughs> but too. it's friendly. 
Yep, that's it. Yeah, I like the friendly side of it. Listen, uh, Derek, how about this? How about we have you on again sometime, and we'll talk some really some more specific uh, old moto stories. Would you be interested in that? I'd be glad to. Be glad to. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We'll get in touch, buddy. All right, boss. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Derek Wedding, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, man. I love hearing from the old guys. Oh, yeah, man. I love it. I'm telling you, we got to get him and Billy Whitley and Dennis Hawthorne and guys like that together and just listen. I bet we wouldn't have to say a word. No, that's it. We'll introduce them, and then we'll sit back and shut up and let them get after it. That'll be fun. And, uh Hey, guys, again, uh, thank our sponsors, uh, Broadway Power, Sports Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs. Derek just uh, mentioned Charlene in there, and um, she makes a really, really excellent set of graphics, high quality, puts a lot of good work into it, sells them at at what we feel is a fair price, and uh, I feel like you guys need to give her a call on your your next set of graphics. She can just do number graphics if you want. She can make stickers, whatever it is you need, helmet graphics, things of that nature. Give Char a call and – have her uh, have her get you fixed up. And uh, York Welding and Fab Guys, if you need some welding done on your dirt bike, on your race trailer, on your vehicle, or whatever it is, give Carl York a call. He does a really, really good job. He, he's a longtime moto guy as well. And uh, give back to those who, uh, who ride dirt bikes. And, uh, again, and yeah. Shane, you know, Shock Socks, uh, Shane Garcia makes an excellent product. I don't run bikes without them. I don't think Jamie does either because nope. I don't like blown fork seals. Go to your local dealer, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, sells them. Get you some shock socks. And uh, when you, if you're if you're watching the races, pay attention to the guys from the professional journey, formerly TPJ, you know, the privateer journey, Ted Parks and the boys do an, an awesome job, have a bunch of good guys we root for, you know, John Short, people like that. Support the guys. Support the privateers, the three-digit guys, the, the higher two-digit guys. Support those dudes. They're just they're yep. struggling to get there. So, uh, Jamie, good show tonight, man. Yep. Enjoyed it. Thanks, James, for Thanks, uh, James. filling in. He did a pretty pretty decent job, I you, guess. Well, we didn't have to listen to you like we would TJ, so that's <laughs> awesome. But uh, TJ will be back next week, I think, guys. So, uh, until then, we'll see you later.